podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone, good afternoon or good evening or even good morning, wherever you are listening this amazing LinkedIn Live from. My name is Naishad Gadani and I'm the founder of Your Career Down Under. And uh, me along with Caroline Brown have been hosting this LinkedIn Lives for last 12 weeks uh, or probably, yeah, 12 weeks, I think so. Yes, that's right. And this is our 56th or 57th episode. Um, you know, in uh, you know, in our effort to help you in these trying circumstances, and it, the LinkedIn Live is aptly called Career Care Package because it acts as a care package in these trying circumstances. We have also received you know you know good amount of messages in last uh, week about how it is helpful to you individuals, and. You know, please spread the word because the more that we, uh, you know, kind of get to know about you and the more that you can spread the word, we can bring some amazing guests as well. Now, today's episode is as we did it on Friday, and I think we are going to continue this tradition of throwing the the floor open uh, for your Friday afternoon. You can come here, wind down, chill out, ask questions, or just say, Thank you, Naisha and Caroline, for changing my life. You, know, you can do anything, right? This is this is your show. So before I start to you know talk about uh, you know today's questions and some of the things that we want to talk about, uh, I'll welcome Caroline Brown. Thanks, Naish. And for people who've been watching this show fairly regularly, you'll notice there's a different background. That's because I'm in and Naish can't pronounce this. That's why I'm saying it. Tutgarut which is down near Rye on the peninsula. So I've decided to have a weekend in an Airbnb down here and it's suddenly clouded over. Never mind. Um, so, yeah, it's fantastic to be here. Um, looking forward to getting great questions from you all. Anything at all, uh, Nesh and I will have a decent crack at answering. So from resumes to LinkedIn to networking to specific job questions to interviews, um, anything at all, we're here to uh, help you with that. So please start to put the questions in the comments. Just wanted to say a couple of things uh, before we throw it open. If you haven't followed the career care package hashtag, please do. That's where we put up upcoming events. You'll see recent shows and anything at all related to uh, career care package. And if you haven't um, signed up to our email list, please do that as well because then you get notified of what's coming up and uh, you don't miss out on, on great topics. We'd also love to hear from you on topics in general. So anything that we haven't covered uh, that you're burning to know, we can source an expert guest to um, help you. And we've had some amazing guests and we've got some fantastic guests coming up as well. So yeah, please do. 
All right, thank you, uh, Caroline. And as we did it last time, and I've just posted the link, the StreamYard link that you need to use if you want to come on live and ask a question and see if we can also give you the, you know, put you into the spotlight and see if, uh, if there's an employer, there's a recruiter who's interested in chatting with you. I think that would be win-win. But please don't hesitate. Um, you know, if you are- We don't fight. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm real nice, so. <laughs> and we had we had Amit and uh, the, uh, Deva last week, and we had fantastic feedback from it. So, yeah, please uh, continue to come and uh, send comments. Um, I think let's kick off the discussion. Um, you know, with uh, you know LinkedIn in this week, I think they've come up with uh, or last two weeks they've come up with three uh, important uh, changes or features that they've included. Uh, the first one being that um, those people who are interested in interview preparation, uh, they have now got a feature where you can actually prepare, record yourself, and you receive feedback from the experts or probably an artificial intelligence system sitting in the background and giving you feedback. I'm yet to taste it. I'm really wanting to taste it on this weekend and create a video for all of you on how it really works. Just but on I think that, more, I did see yeah, the answer of uh, LinkedIn um, practice. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about yourself. So, um, yeah, so it looks quite it looks quite good. They, they measured how many ums and ahs and how her tone and, and all sorts of things. And the thing about artificial intelligence is you make it more intelligent with your input. So it's worth, worthwhile having um, a crack. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, not at all. No, I, I think that's very important because that's how I also found out about this new feature and that's right look you know i i think uh you know we need to be we can only know you know where to improve if we get a concrete and substantive feedback and i think that's this mechanism does um and so that's one of the thing uh second thing is now they've increased the the headline uh mm. i think characters from 120 to 210 is that right kb something like that i smashed it out of the park and uploaded <laughs> everything i could think of no not quite but just a few more important words that i wished i'd had space for you know they've actually i noticed that they'd rolled it out to a few people before because i had seen people with the massive headlines and wondered how they did it but i only discovered it by accident the other other day um, but then they made an announcement about it i think so um people have People have got that now. And with that, you've got to think about uh, it's a fantastic branding opportunity. But I think um, with what you put in your keywords, you want to lead with the most important because it does truncate it when people look at your profile um, on the phone. Say, for example, you've sent a connection request. So just be careful about um, the order that you uh, put your detail in. Yeah, that that's a that's a fantastic tip because in an uh, you know so the, the most important thing goes goes on the top it's like in you know in everything in life and in sports and everywhere you put your best foot forward mm -hmm. uh, similarly i think that's equally important um but it's it's a good way to to expand on some of the catchy and some of the compelling ways that you can bring people and also it also affects also the uh, kind of keyword and algorithm because you can now expand your uh, you know your visibility or how you are being found as well. So mm -hmm. that's one. That second thing, 
in the third is probably only for Australia or you know this couple of other Asian countries, which is now we've got stories as uh, you know LinkedIn stories, which is uh, that you can post around around twenty seconds video clip or uh, kind of a picture of what you're currently working on, and that is only available on your mobile. Uh, the LinkedIn uh, mobile app, and you can see some stories coming up. On, I'm not sure whether you know it's going to be, you know, how popular and how effective that is for, for someone because, you know, unless I'm sitting on you know on on, on lunch or it's my downtime and I just want to check how people are traveling and what are they doing. I think then it's useful. I'm really not sure how effective that would be from a job seeking or career mm -hmm. point of view. But I might be wrong. If I've got thirteen thousand connections, you know, and KB, you've got probably more than me, and you know, you kind of, you know, how many of this kind of audio visual that you are, you've got time and the the brain space to consume? Yeah, I would think that, like Instagram has stories, but Instagram is like, you know, it, you follow interesting people or you follow food or you follow, I don't know, you can follow the royal family if you want, um, you follow comedians, yeah, that, you know, if you look at my Instagram feed, that's full of that. And that's my leisure, you know. So they have stories and it's always fun to kind of flick through and see who's posting stuff. But I wonder with LinkedIn maybe it's, I, I don't, to be honest, I don't associate LinkedIn with fun time. <laughs> so, but, I, I mean, I have had a lot of fun on the platform, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it depends on how that will, will take off, Excellent. really. So, yeah. All right, we got we got a couple of questions. So, first question comes from Naved. He's our Facebook Live user, or you know, watching us. So, thanks, Naved, for watching us on Facebook Live. So, his question is: Do employer cross-check our resume with LinkedIn profile, KB? Yes. Uh, um, okay, saying yes. Um, not all of them do. Um, you know, say, for example, if you're in government, there's a certain protocol for applying for government jobs and they're less likely to be on LinkedIn. But you've just got to assume that it will be checked out at, at some point. So, and then there's a question of, well, I've got this on my resume. I'm told to tailor my resume. My LinkedIn profile looks different because I can't keep updating that every time I apply for a job. So I, I always use LinkedIn, you know, to... Um, explain more of the why or, or your more personality in that about section, more of your motivations which and, and strengths and some of your achievements, but the motivations and strengths uh, make it personal. People connect with you, but they, they don't change really from job to job. Like your personal value system or your personal motiva motivations don't change. So that way it can complement any um, job application that you've got out there. But, yeah, you've got to assume that... Um, that it, that it will be checked out. Um, and, you know, even if you're in government, say, for example, if you start a job, often it's worthwhile updating your LinkedIn profile with where you've been because you can pretty much guarantee people will want to know, for example, who the, the next boss is or who ne the next um, gun team member is. So, yeah, assume that you will be looked at, basically. Absolutely. Hopefully, David, that answers your question. Amit's question is, are there any WhatsApp groups where we can connect with recruiters or job lists? Uh, Amit, I've not come across with a you know, WhatsApp group where um, the recruiters are part of. I'm part of 
couple of whatsapp groups but they are mainly for a uh, job seekers who are currently looking at jobs there's one particular uh, you know group that is actually started by by a it company and they post a lot of um, you know a lot of jobs on there so if you want to be part of connect with me offline and I'll, i will send you the the details where you can actually join that whatsapp group um now uh, this comes from priti um is it a good idea to put uh, kb seeking a new opportunity in the linkedin profile does it really uh, you know make any difference um what's your take on that i read a naki or terrible blog post once that said um people seeking new opportunity on your linkedin profile and your headline it means you won't get any and it was a bit tongue in cheek i was i was writing it to be provocative because um what you're doing with that is you are actually wasting that branding opportunity of your headline and at that stage with 120 characters there's a, almost half of them taken up with seeking your opportunity rather than putting some keywords um you know putting a little statement about the value that you add in that having said that i think you know on your linkedin profile if you're actually out there in the marketplace i would be putting that in the about section you know seeking opportunity to do blah 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 so um or even a little heading that said you know i'm available you know in caps for the following opportunities if if that that's what you want to do but not it's almost like you want to show your your value and then um what you're seeking because i don't know that that many recruiters actually search on those keywords they assume if you're on linkedin and your profile's open a lot of the time they assume that you are up for being contacted about a job but you know other people have different thoughts on that um but my blog post was really that the means you won't get any it was really that you're eliminating the click through that people might do when they see it and eliminating um some of the ways that you might come up in in searches yeah agree i think uh, that's absolutely i can echo kb's uh, you know comments on that the only thing is for recruiter or the decision maker it doesn't matter whether you are looking for work or not if they find that your linkedin profile is compelling enough and you've got the right skills the experience they are going to approach you anyway whether mm. you are employer whether you are a contractor or whether you are in full time work mm. it doesn't matter because for them also you know it's it's about finding the right fit so mm. don't don't waste that that valuable real estate by putting in seeking yeah. new opportunity because it doesn't add any value to things yeah. one other comment about that is that a lot of the time we recommend that people network on linkedin and do informational interviews so you're seeking advice from people and the number one no no in that is you know ask people for their advice and then hit them up immediately for a job so if they see seeking new opportunities in your headline i my gut feel is that they may be less likely to actually say yes to a meeting that could lead to something because um you know it's a little bit too in in your face so that that is my gut feeling i have got no statistical evidence of that um but yeah it just sort of signals a little bit of um maybe a little bit of desperation agree agree so the second question is around um once referred by someone do i assume that my resume would bypass ats or 
or not um you know as as i think we've discussed it on on number of occasions that you know ats if they if for example you know ats I, I would not think that it is used for all the kind of roles if you look at the you know the majority of the roles are my understanding is less than 89 dollar jobs which will still be screened through ats although i've got no data to prove this is my anecdotal evidence says that because if you're looking at a team leader role or a manager role i think they would still want somebody to scan you know and have a look at the resume rather than just deciding it on based on ats now would uh, a referral still require it to go through ats that's a question uh, i would think that it would not uh, because you'll straight away put through the right person uh, but but it, it then largely also depends on the company's processes as well. KB. Yes. Um, it's really interesting because, um, you know, referrals are one of the most um, uh, uh, effective ways to actually find a job. And, in fact, a lot of the big data says, or in two big data studies that I've looked at, they say it's about 10 times more effective than just applying online. Um, so... Yeah, you, you picture it like somebody emails your resume to the hiring manager. Um, they're not likely to then go, oh, before I look at this, I'm going to put it through an ATS. So um, assume that, um, you know, it, it, it won't go on there immediately. It may in the future, but I reckon a lot of resumes are lost from the database at that point where somebody actually has to physically do it versus, you know, if it comes through online, it gets scanned and, and um, you know, the database gets populated. So, um, yeah, there's, your networking resume can be a lot more uh, fancy and graphics and graphs and all sorts of things. Um, so a lot of people who write resumes do two resumes. It's the networking one that doesn't go through the ATS, the referral one, and, and the um, ATS-friendly uh, resume as well. The interesting thing about that, I reckon those numbers of um, people getting referred are actually higher than 10 times more effective. And Steve last night was saying one in yep. um, one in 12, um, you've got a one in 12 chance of um, getting the job if you're referred. But that relies, like all of that data relies on the HR person or the recruiter actually physically putting it in the database. And I reckon they don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, or it's less likely to be uh, happen as often. So, I reckon that rate of referral, your success chances are higher than that. That's my agree. No, I, I think I think you're you're spot on because what's the point of the referral mm. if that still has to go through the ATS? And mm. you know, for example, I uh, you know I I found out a job. Uh, through a contact and I asked a couple of my clients to apply for that because I knew uh, the HR manager's name. I straight away said, look, send it to on this email rather mm -hmm. than sending on the jobs because I've already told her to expect a couple of resumes. Uh, mm -hmm. And she was absolutely fine with it because that's the, that's the point of these relationships is that people are willing to assist you because they've already built that trust and they know you and they know that you could be a good fit and they're willing to bet on you uh you know and that's that's incredibly important for those who have not watched steve uh steve's discussion with us yesterday night 
you can still go to you know, uh, no, just go and, and uh, go on LinkedIn and put career care package as hashtag and you'll find that discussion. It was quite fascinating uh, discussion, very commonsensical ideas rather than, you know, the fluff that we you know usually she, see in these circumstances. Yeah. So uh, let's look at the next uh, question. Uh, is it a good idea to put hyperlink for company's name in the resume or do you think it won't pass ATS? Um, I don't th just assume that people, I don't know if it passes the ATS, but I, I question the value of doing that um, because just assume that people, recruiters who will look at your resume 10 seconds are not going to click on every hyperlink unless you sort of get further down the, the recruitment pathway um, where people don't, don't know the company. I would... Um, on pretty much every single resume I do, unless it's an absolutely well-known company, and um, I always write something about the company because on on the resume under the experience, because it gives context to what you've done and what you've achieved. So um, that would probably eliminate the need need to have a, a hyperlink. Agree. I think that's absolutely spot on. You know, uh, you know, because a lot of lot of the people with overseas experience, I think, you could have a company in your own country which uh, could be a, a mega size company, may not be really well known in Australia. I think giving them a context around the size of the company in terms of you know either mm. the the you know number of employees, mm. the the turnover of the company, the position in the marketplace, something like that actually gives people an idea of what could be a kind of a you know a relevant company in Australia that could have that so that, I think it just creates that context um, you know which is very important yeah uh, on the same line if I can add another thing on on that because a lot of the time you know uh, KB I've seen that you know especially you know migrants and international graduates you know they've won a lot of awards in companies right? Uh, you know, it could be a best, um, you know, employee of the quarter award. But, you know, when, when they put in best employee of the quarter award in 2017, and my question is that I, I don't trust that award unless you tell me that yeah. it was out of 500 people or there were four people and every, every yeah. quarter they choose someone to do that, you know. So mm -hmm. I think it is very important that you must contextualize this kind of amazing achievement we are not at all saying to not put in there but make sure that you understand that you worked in a thousand people company the mm. person who is reading is not so don't you know make sure that you know you are you are writing it for them yeah. rather than you are you are reinforcing your own belief i just wanted to add something to um actually from what you've said um as well like everything on the resume needs to earn its place around awards and like just everything in general. So it needs to be able to support your um, argument to hire you. Just going back to putting company description, it, it's also a little bit contextual. So if you're going for a Google, but you've worked at a SME around the corner, I wouldn't emphasize that. So thinking about what, it, what, what you write on the resume and how that supports where you wanna go next as well. So, um, you know, there might be something different instead of the size of the company it might have been you know that it was a dazzling startup or whatever but just you know think about what what bits might be relevant in that company description as well 
Absolutely. Now, uh, again, the invitation is if you don't feel shy and if you feel like this is your Friday and you are high on your coffee or chai, and if you <laughs> want to join us on our LinkedIn Live, there is in uh, you know link in the LinkedIn Live feed. Uh, so don't don't be shy. Just jump on. We got a question about if I'm referred by someone and didn't get the job, or I would think possibly an interview. Will the company consider me for future positions or not? Sorry, if you're referred to the job and... And you probably did not get the job or you did not get yeah. the interview. Uh, yeah. Do you think that the company will consider me for future uh, job opportunities or not? I've, I've heard that happen. Um, I, hmm. it, um, yeah, I, I don't... Um, you know, it depends on, you know, if there's one position, that position gets filled and it, that's a stable company and that person's going to stay there for a long time. But certainly, I mean, I've... I've made worked with a client to make an approach to a company where he came a very close second to the person that actually got hired. And then, you know, in that approach, we said just missed out because he didn't have wine experience. But, you know, since then, been following the company. So, you know, I, I would try, I, I would definitely try again, not to the point of, you know, there, there might be something that you need to change in your application or something that you didn't emphasize. Um, the position might be slightly different. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't have any sort of issue around that. But what are your thoughts, Nish? I think I think it is very important. The word that we used here is the follow up. Mm. So consider that you know there is no one out there to to offer you the job unless you really make it a point for you. Like for example, we um, you know Steve said that you know you know if somebody gives you the gift of time or somebody really is out there to support you, make sure. That you also reciprocate that. That mm. means that if if you did not get the job or if you did not get the interview, get hold of the person and have a still continue to keep the you know the, that relationship alive because at least they've seen your resume, at least they had a chat with you, so at least mm. they know you. So don't be don't be shy or don't you know don't withhold yourself from not communicating with them mm. because by by not. Uh, doing it, you know, you'll be replaced by somebody else who does it. Remember mm -hmm. that. So and I also, think that is very important. Oh, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, don't make people feel uncomfortable for rejecting you. That means that they will never, um, you know, they, they won't respond to you. But if it's coming again out of curiosity around, is there something that, you know, I needed to demonstrate or a skill that I didn't have would be very useful, you're more likely to get some useful feedback for your, your next application. Yeah, agree. Um, you know, Yashti, your question around the resumes, uh, what I would think is, you know, what puts off people over there's, there's, you know, heaps of things that can put off a hiring manager. And what I'll do is I'll probably rather than giving you, a, you know, a, a very long answer, I'll send you a couple of links of uh, of the previous LinkedIn lives that we have done and we focused on resumes. I think that will give you a clear cut answer to your mm -hmm. question. Um, the next question comes uh, from Preeti around this, uh, that whether if I see a job on LinkedIn or seek and, um, you know, is it good to send, e you know, the resume to the email or should you apply uh, online or should I send it to the person straight away? Oh, I don't know. Um, Can I? Yeah, you I, go. Look, I, I think by sending sending that resume to someone straight away, what you are in a way saying is that, you know, just 
you know, I, I'm just, you know, in front of the queue. I'll let me just go straight to that. You know, I would, you know, because there is, you know, by sending it, uh, you know, they if they use an ATS or if they use a system where it actually collates all the applications, uh, you know, that's much easier for them. I do understand that, uh, you know, that you might be a very close fit. Sending a personal email explaining your situation would be much better uh, rather than just applying it over there. And and don't even uh, try to apply both the ends because it's really not helpful because you're just increasing the work for the decision maker or somebody who's going to view that. So my recommendation is don't apply on the email address, apply online. And you can, if you want, you can send a personalized uh, LinkedIn message or personalized email and explain why you're a great fit for the role. Mm. I've, yeah, I've had, um, yeah, I do encourage people to follow up on LinkedIn if they've applied online, if they know the name of a recruiter and had mixed results. So um, if it's a recruitment consultant, they tend to be more actively accepting jobs via LinkedIn, people in talent acquisition roles, unless they have, that, that they're not. My general sense is they have people that are specialists, more specialist in LinkedIn versus the entire team. And again, that's contextual because it depends, like, you know, some organisations have lots of people all over LinkedIn, but that's my general, general rule for that. Um, but as such, like Nation, I would always encourage you to network, not, not rely on applying online. Absolutely. We got a question from uh, Marie Louise that um, she has posted a few posts on her LinkedIn profile and had some great engagement. Uh, the trouble is it's hard to get a good message out in such short context. I wrote some articles. They didn't get the uh, same amount of reach. What are your thoughts on that? It's a, it's, it's a thing that we speak a lot, uh, you know, mm. KB, around engagement yeah. on LinkedIn and you know, this goes to, you know, obviously, Mari, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, as a solopreneur, I think she's, yeah. she's asking from that point of view. And it's not, not different for if you're looking for work as well, or if you want to build your brand, uh, yeah. you know, online as a professional as well. Look, it's a, you know, LinkedIn is becoming very, very crowded. Uh, yeah. You know, just, just to, you know, in Australia itself, there are 9 million users, right? Mm -hmm. It is you know, it is becoming increasingly difficult, um, you know, to get your message heard unless you have people who cheerlead you or unless you've got people who, um, you know, who kind of give you the thumbs up, uh, you know, and that's where you get the, um, you know, get the engagement required. Yeah. We have seen, um, you know, this is our understanding that uh, LinkedIn's algorithm, the new changes that they've probably in last year or so, which looks at how many engagement, how much engagement did you, did your post have in the first hour uh, mm. of you posting it. And based on that, they determine which post uh, should go, should be continued to be seen by others. And that's what it depends. So I think there's, it's, it's a tough thing, uh, you know, Mario Luis, mm. I must tell you that it's not easy. Uh, but but I think if you continue to talk about important things, if you continue to to you know to to reach out to people who are your target audience, and mm. then don't rely just on posting. I think approaching yeah. people directly yeah. and engaging with them is is very important 
Um, and the last thing that I can add before KB has, um, you know, shares her view is, you know, use videos because I, I think the videos are still far more engaging uh, and LinkedIn loves it. Native videos I'm talking about, uh, you know, rather than the, um, you know, the simple, the text post. KB. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because you get a lot of advice around uh, you should be engaging um, status updates, articles, um, but it is like it is hit and miss, to be honest. Um, there is the people that use pods, I suppose, and um, where you know you all agree to give everybody's article the thumbs up, but again. A lot of that just becomes that reciprocal thing. I'm doing that for you. You do that, do that for me. And it's not the genuine engagement. So I would tend to, if you want to invest some time, and as a professional looking for a job, it's always worthwhile doing that. If you've got something genuinely interesting to people in your network, to write a post about it, to write a status update about it or link to an article, because it does um, come up on your feed. Um, people can view it and it's part of your professional repertoire of, of thought and some people will like it um, and without engaging in the sort of artificial pumping up of um, whatever some pe some people will actually um, like that um, I do prefer being more direct so you know going through that process of working out who you'd like to target reaching out and and doing doing that because it just it, it's a you know the numbers then it, it, it happens more quickly and, and you're in control but you can use, and I guess think of it like a written version of what Nation and I are doing from a blog post. You can use a blog post to actually actively engage people that you want want to and promote them. So I've done that on my own blog, but there's no reason that you couldn't do it on LinkedIn is to actually um, interview a few people, ask them a provocative question um, and get their viewpoint on it like a you know traditional journalist would have done. And then you've got, um, you know, you're actually supporting people um, within your network and you probably get more engagement with that. Um, and you're, you know, taking control of that engagement versus waiting for LinkedIn's algorithm to tell you whether what you write is 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 worthy of being shared or not. So, you know, there's ways of actually um, taking more control of that. But I certainly would have some posts up there, um, you know, especially if you're from overseas, um, but, you know, you, you're... Thought, thought, so contemporary or beyond what what we know in the country, I'd certainly, um, you know, write some um, uh, posts and put them up on LinkedIn. Agree, and I think one of the things that I've seen in at least in uh, you know my posting, you know, since last three months, because um, you know I I, um, I I lived in people's headspace, uh, you know, on. Uh, you know, for last three months, you know, people <laughs> continue to say, oh, Nishan, I see you every day. I remember I receiving an email from a CEO of a community organization that, look, Nishan, I don't know what, what's happening, but every day I, you know, I, you know, I wake up and, and I see that you are live. What are you doing? You know, what, you know, what are you doing? You know, coming every day live, right? But I think that's that's the that's the you know the opportunity that we had using the LinkedIn's platform. But I think the last thing that I can add is, I think what gets a lot of attention on LinkedIn is, uh, you know, a, an authentic uh, post. Uh, authentic mm -hmm. is not the right, but something which is which you felt that has got a unique perspective on things, or 
you know, I think personal pictures, uh, you know, has gained a lot of momentum. Uh, for example, I did the post with my dog, Buddy, when I, you know, I came here three months. I think it was loved by people because... Buddy's more famous than you, Anish. That's the only time that Buddy looked at very straight and it was, you know, <laughs> I, I also got a great, uh, you know, great snap. But that's what I would say, Marie Louise. I'm more than happy to to share some of our, you know, my learnings offline as well. So feel free to reach out. Um, Andrea's question is, as migrants, what could be practical recommendations to increase the opportunities to be considered as a potential candidate in COVID-19 times? Um Andrea, I don't think so. It is different for either you are a migrant or either you've you've you know lived here uh, or you were born here and lived here and you're looking for work. I obviously you know they you know people who've lived here has do not have one particular challenge about the experience thing, but I think they themselves are have got uh, still have to uh, you know got many hurdles to even pass. So I don't think so that you can do anything different just in these circumstances. Uh, you know, based on what Steve's discussion that we had yesterday, and me and KB have been talking about this for last three months, is that the the rules of finding work in pre-COVID or post-COVID or even in COVID hasn't changed at all. I think what it requires is it requires more intensity, more more being strategic and more being clear on what you're looking for and and you know you know use use the time in quality communication you know you know that is very important i receive and kb will also receive so many messages from people but i think they are not thinking through when they send a message to us and sometimes i go back and educate them they look you're looking for this the way you are asking is, you know, as a professional, I think that's not appropriate at all. So I think I think it is very important for you to invest into, into learning how to communicate. Not that you don't know, but communicate in the sense of, you know, getting people's curiosity and getting leads and getting meetings with people. You know, that is still going to be number one, uh, you know, a tip for you. KB. Yeah, pretty much. Um... I think it's ironic because uh, I think being able to network over Zoom has actually opened up opportunities for people where you would think it's closed because for some reason I think people avoid the phone. Um, it's not great to network over email. And um, the old coffee, can we catch up for coffee, was always a bit problematic because of time. So, um, so those things haven't changed. And... Yes, it is slow. Let's let's just be honest. It is slow. It is. It will pick up. Jobs will, will come out of this crisis. Um, so it's you know if you came here this time last year, it would have taken you less time. That that that's the truth. Yep. Plant the seeds now um, because you want to be on at top of mind when when jobs come up and try and try and position yourself in some way as being you know a thought leader in your particular space as well and again LinkedIn gives you those opportunities um, you know by by blogging and doing those sorts of things um, I would still be you know one of the tactics that um, I use when I work with people who are from overseas and I don't know Nesha does this is you know your particular um, area of expertise is find people who've done it before you who are now working because and it does depend on your profession 
but um, you know you can put into to LinkedIn business analyst India location Melbourne and you'd be really surprised who who pops up so you're finding those people yep. who have um, an affinity with with you and and um, they're the people that you should be reaching out to they're the people that can give you great advice they're the people who are more likely to refer you um, and you can be positioning yourself when when the economy does open up um, in more um, open up with more jobs again I agree I think that that's pretty much right and um, you know uh, you know Andrea if you want you can connect with me I'll send you a book that I've free book that I've written on the same topic uh, feel free to to reach out to me. Um, uh, Shikha is asking a question about I've applied for a role. What would you recommend me to do so that my application becomes noticeable with the recruitment team? Mm. It's a hard one. I <laughs> look. I, I I think one of one of the thing that you know Shikha I think um, you know I've mentioned in one of the meetup group that we were part of is I think you know. For a long time, we are always looking for answers, but not acting on it, not trying it out different mm. ways. Mm. And I, I find that particular, um, you know, thing concerning. I'm not suggesting just uh, for you, uh, Shikha, but I think I think it is important. You know, when I, you know, I'll give you my own story. When we started to do LinkedIn Live, and I used to approach people or to be on the show. You know, and then then I had look at my you know people will not respond, right? And I thought, how can I really go ahead and and you know find their attention? And so I had to what I had to do is to really redo my communication at least four, five, six times, and continuously read that say no, this is not appropriate. This is how it should go. I think, but trial, trial and error is also important. That you got to try it out. You know, right. Try a really personalized message to that person that hey, these are the reasons why I think I will be a great fit for the role, you know, and this is what I'm seeking is an opportunity to really explain, uh, you know, my professional story and how can I can apply the skills into you know in this role or not. I think trying it out is is very important because unless you try it out, you would not understand where you are going wrong. So that's that's number that's kind of foundational thing, and secondly is is to is to if if that person is is really uh, look you would know you know what kind you know who is really posting some of uh, you know some of these jobs and you know some of these uh, you know opportunities, I think you know really approaching them with you know with a persuasive messages so that you are remaining in. In their head space, that oh, Shikha is looking for work. I know I need to, I need to get because it's the persistence, politeness, and professionalism really wins over people. You know, if you lose that, um, you know, somebody else will take the spot. Mm. I, I just want to say with this, um, the advertised way to find a job is broken, right? So, um, so. If you look at the numbers, why would you spend 90% of your time applying where 90% of people are going to apply? That's So Nash and I write resumes. We can write fantastic resumes. They do increase your chances of, of um, getting a job quite substantially. But still, the odds, you know, the odds of getting a job if you apply online are less than 1% before COVID and probably 
even less than less than one percent um, now. So um, that's what you got to think about. If you haven't done it, go and have a look at Steve's book, The Two-Hour Job Search. You get a systematic method of um, identifying companies that might be hiring, uh, building out your list, building out your contacts, finding advocates, what to say and how to how to network your way to, to actually get the job. That's what I, I do a similar process in, in Straight to Shortlist as well, is um, just do not rely on writing the most amazing document that's going to get you to be seen by somebody knowing that the numbers don't actually um, stack up if you can find somebody in that company to pass your resume along um, you're more likely to be um, successful that way if you do want to apply online you know work out whether they're using an ats or not that determines whether you're going to have an ats friendly resume or not if they're not using an ats bonus um, Lots of things that we've covered in, in, in resumes as well. Um, if you're reaching out to people to help you, um, instead of just giving them a laundry list of everything that you're fantastic at, at, find a way to build the relationship first. You know, don't ask for a job, ask for advice. Is, is um, you know, and then Very from that process, often a referral comes. I, I, I just think that's a much better, much more fulfilling, much the numbers are better um and the, yep. the other thing i have around this as well is time and time again i've heard of people applying for a job online going through a recruiter um, particularly a recruitment agent or consultant never hearing back um then they meet that person at a, a meetup event um and or you know a networking event and they say oh can you send me your resume and bingo you get it you get a meeting so as much as you can, you know, post these time when restrictions are over, go to as many of those, particularly ones that are put on by recruiters, um, because that's the conversation um, that you'll have. And try not to roll your eyes if you've applied for several jobs with them beforehand. Agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it is very important to... And, you know, I think secondly is, you know, this is my, my view, you know, KB, is around... You know, what, how are you operating? Are you operating from scarcity or are you operating from abundance? Mm. You know, that is equally important too. You know, I, I, I remember that sometimes when I ask people to go and make list of the employers, target, you know, industry and everything else, I, I can give you an example. I was talking, I was sitting down with a business analyst and he said, oh, I want to work with banking, financial services, but I can name 10 companies. I said, no, that would be more than that. He said, no, no, yeah. no, there is not. I said, no, <laughs> let, let's I said, no, 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 let's do, let's do a search, okay? Let's go to LinkedIn. And we put in LinkedIn, uh, you know, in business, uh, business analyst, uh, you know, financial services, uh, you know, and, and we started to plow through the data. We came across at least 45 uh, you know, different employers, small to big, to to consulting agencies that he never heard of. Mm. There are people who are working there, right? Mm. And and I said that means that you got forty-five target companies. Mm. Now, secondly, is that you you know you, you got to make a plan of when are you going to approach them. You got to keep you know all the you know uh, sort of you know all of them warm. You got to keep keep the heater on so that. You know, rather than saying, oh, I'm, I'm only going to talk to two people today. Well, you know, if two people are not approachable, what are you going to do, right? Mm. 
So rather than, I, I liked, I think uh, I was listening to one uh, interview by the guy who's the, the, the wolf of Wall Street. And he said that the way he measures the, the success of a salesman is how many decision makers did I speak with? Not, not calls I made, but how many decision makers did I speak with? How many functional relevant people that I speak with if I use Steve's uh, you know, formula? You know, you know, that is what determines. Because the more that you talk about people that affect your job or mm. has the to impact I think I think you, that will you know that will accelerate your process much faster mm -hmm. rather than oh, I've contacted two people uh, you know they didn't reply me back so I'm not going to do it well you know yeah. that's not how it really works all right so we'll, we'll take more questions KB um, also uh, mindful of the time we are reaching uh, 10 to 4 so Zoev is asking, what are three points to add in an elevator pitch of an experienced engineer? Um, you know, and how do you practice those points effectively? Mm. So let me just give a few points on that. I actually watched a show, Elevator Pitch. Uh, if you if you don't if you don't if you not watch it, go to ABC iView, and they've got a they've got a five minute show on Elevator Pitch. And what they do is they they bring scientists and economists and everything, and they said, "Now you explain me the complex topic in in two minutes or three <laughs> minutes." And it is fantastic. It mm -hmm. is, and you could see the you know everyone was so nervous, and you know then the presenter comes in and she asks the question, and they explain it in such a way that sitting here, I said, "Oh wow, that's quantum." Physics. Oh God! I thought it is so complex, but they they've got an ability to explain those things very clearly. So I think that is what pitch is. Elevators, you know, pitch is required. Now, look, elevator pitch. You know, I, I myself is not a big fan of it. The reason is that you know not everyone goes to the to the networking event unless there is a specific networking event where you can pitch. But people don't go to networking events to listen to your pitch. Mm. But what's important is how do you introduce yourself? Mm. And what do you leave people with? Do you leave people with that, oh, I'm an engineer, I'm a job seeker, help me? Or do you leave them with, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very curious engineer and I really like to see how things really work. I'm really interested in those kind of you know, science or a field of study or something. That's what you want to leave people with. Mm -hmm. rather than a job seeker, uh, you know, looking for work. KB? Yeah, there's lots of ways to construct an elevator pitch. And one um, that I heard years ago that I always loved, and it applies to people that are in business, but you could equally adapt it to your own situation. It's called the GADDY pitch, G-A-D-D-D-I-E. And it starts off with identifying the problem. So it's like, you know, say if you were doing a pitch or I was doing a pitch nation, it's like, you know how people um, apply for jobs online and they get so frustrated they give up. So that's identifying the problem that your audience might relate to. It, well, what I do is I work with people one-on-one -on -one to make that process easy, blah, blah, blah. And, in fact, last week I helped a such and such and such find, find a job. So there are lots of ways to construct your elevator pitch. Um, you've got to keep it relevant to the person that you're 
um, actually speaking to. So if you might go to a, um, an interview and that first question might be, tell me about yourself. So you want to keep it relevant to um, perhaps, um, you know, uh, the role that you're actually um, pitching for and how you came um, to be excited about the role um, and, you know, uh, why you're sitting in interview at that that particular point in time, you know. I, I'm a resume writer. I, I, I absolutely love writing resumes um, and working with people across, across the board. It gives me a great thrill to see um, when people actually um, find a job um, and that's the reason that I'm interested in your job. You know, you really kind of keep it concise. When people in an interview, when they ask you that, tell me about yourself question, it's always meant to be an icebreaker. But to be honest, um, they're listening to see how concise you are. And they, they are time poor and they probably really have five or six more meaty questions um, that they want to want to actually get into so i in that scenario i would keep it relevant to the actual job that you're applying for excellent all right we'll take the last question um and the offer is still open if you just want to come online and say good eye to us uh and you know see your uh, face uh and then go to the party um <laughs> question is that that uh, i'm graduating soon within next 15 days Congratulations and what any yeah. year to graduate in Avinash. You know, it is, I think you'll remember this uh, forever. Um, five years of experience in uh, as an IT infrastructure engineer. I'm pretty sure that that would have been back in your country. Um, how can career care packages can help me transition my career into data analyst or data science? Now, career care package is uh, is uh, LinkedIn Live shows that we do, where we provide different ideas around career. How to find a job? How do you change career? How do you impress a recruiter? How do you win interviews? A lot of other things. So that's what career care package is. Um, you can always reach out to me and KB separately to understand how we can assist you individually to help you to find a job as a data analyst or data scientist but you can always go back and and you know as kb said you can always go and and check out our um you know uh, career care package on hashtag on linkedin and you'll find all the videos there we are soon going to uh you know going to create a standalone uh you know web page as well as the youtube channel where you can actually go and you know, binge watch all the videos rather than binge watching House of Cards. Uh, <laughs> do that as well. So there are there are many things that me and Caroline are currently working on, um, and I think it is just because of the love and support that we receive from listeners uh, in our audience that keeps us going. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we we really thank you for you coming along every day at three p.m. and you know. Uh, and tuning in to listen to me and uh, you know KB blabber. So thank you, uh, KB. Yeah, I was just going to say, just as much as I hope people get um, some optimism or some hope or some inspiration, ideas, advice, etc., from us. Equally, Nation, I get that from being here as well. It's actually really nice to be able to connect with people um, and provide that support, and also to hear from people about the show as well. So um, you know, it's given us. Some uh, a nice 
a nice habit and a nice structure um, and some momentum um, in our own businesses and our own lives as well doing uh, doing the career care package. So I wanted to say thank you for everyone for, um, you know, joining in and asking questions and participating and we'll keep them coming. Won't we, Nash? What have we got next week? Absolutely. So let me, that's why I was just opening the, our, uh, you know, the worksheet right now. So next week we are still going to continue, uh, you know, at least on Fridays will be Ask Us Anything. Yeah. Uh, and on Monday, we are taking a deep into linguistics. But linguistics is a very powerful science around communication. So we are going to take a uh, you know, little bit more deep dive into the power of linguistics and how can you read things, how can you communicate effectively in interviews. So it will be a fascinating chat with somebody who has done doctorate on uh, on linguistics. Then we have an inter we have a recruiter, ex recruiter uh, coming along, and she has interviewed, you know, thousand, uh, you know, more than thousand job seekers. So she's going to talk about what are her key points, uh, you know, after interviewing so many, you know, uh, you know, job seekers. Then we have got Anthony, um, you know, from, and I think what uh, what Anthony's topic is. Uh, it's employee attachment, Nish. You've frozen there. Yeah. So basically from a completely different angle. So um, he, uh, Anthony is an executive coach, but he's also a specialist in employee attachment. So it's looking at things that if you go to a job, in one job you might feel like you don't belong and the next job you feel really warm and welcome, which one are you likely to stay at. So the things that an employer can do, but also equally you can look for when you um, start a job to see whether that might be a, a long-term viable option for your, yourself as well. So it's a different angle, but I feel like a lot of the time if you go to a job and it doesn't work out, um, you can blame yourself, whereas there are things that, well, you, you do blame yourself, let's, let's be honest, but there are lots of things um, that go on within employers that they they need to to address as well so that that's wednesday excellent and thursday we've got another amazing guest her name is sarah taylor she is a very senior it um you know professional she's done some amazing achievements in sports it will be a absolute amazing chat on being unstoppable and then friday we'll be back again with you uh, to take your questions live and next friday you better get ready <laughs> and come on and come yeah. live with us because we feel alone, right? You know, yes. we start crying. But look, come along. I think we, we really love uh, to interact with you on our LinkedIn Live. So, um, you know, as lastly, last points, go and like uh, or follow Career Care Package on LinkedIn. And uh, all this uh, LinkedIn Live has been converted into podcast. So you can go and search for your career down under podcast on any of the podcast platform and you can download, listen and binge listen on this weekend. Until we see you on Monday, have a great evening and have a super weekend, everyone. See you later, Bye. everyone. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on 
yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic please reach out to us we would love to do that until next time be well